Hello, you're listening to Murder Bird, a podcast where we look at crimes involving women and girls. My name is Sophie. This week's case is a bit different to our first two episodes, in that it's not a case about murder, it's a case about a con artist and extreme financial greed. This is a story of Louise Pollard, the surrogate scammer. types of surrogacy, traditional and host. Traditional is probably something you've heard of before. The surrogate's egg is fertilised by artificial insemination, so the surrogate mother is genetically related to the baby, but the agreement is that she'll carry the baby to term and then that baby is handed over to the intended couple. Host surrogacy is when the surrogate is impregnated with a fertilised embryo So she's not genetically related to the baby, it is the intended parent's baby and then again obviously it's an agreement made that she'll hand over the baby once it's been born. Surrogacy is unregulated and the agreements drawn up between the surrogate and the intended parents are not enforceable. Um, So the birth mother is the legal mother and the couple are just putting their faith into her that she won't change her mind during the process. And this is still the case even if another woman's egg is used during the IVF process. So even if she's not genetically related to the baby she's carrying because she's given birth to it, it's hers, which I didn't know. Despite this, surrogacy is an attractive option for couples who can't conceive children naturally because... Either one way they get to live sort of vicariously through the surrogate mother and be part of the pregnancy process and usually part of the birthing process as well. And if they go the host route, you know, they're still having a baby that's genetically theirs, um, which is something important to, to some couples. However, as it isn't regulated and the agreements can't be enforced legally without independent legal action, Surrogacy is also an option that results in heartbreak, changed minds and financial scams. Thankfully, financial scams are relatively rare. However, that does not bring comfort to the couples who have been affected by this. One case of a surrogacy scam was Samantha Brown. When she was 25, she scammed couple Benita and Mark Cutter by pretending that she had conceived their child. She sent them generic scam pictures and talked about her antenatal classes and hospital appointments. From the couple, Samantha received money for incurred costs like maternity clothes, loss of wages, travel costs, and the couple even paid for a day trip to Loch Ness with her. All the while, Samantha was not pregnant, and was leading the couple along for months. In 2014, as suspicions grew, and the due date drew near, the couple received frantic texts, telling them that Samantha was in an induced coma following a car accident. They were then sent a picture of their stillborn son, who had apparently been delivered by caesarean. The child in the picture, the couple soon realised, actually looked like he was sleeping, and the blankets he was wrapped in didn't look like hospital issues. So they contacted the hospital in Scotland, where Samantha was apparently a patient, 
the hospital had no record of her, and Samantha's devious scan soon unravelled. It was reported that she had scanned over eight grand from the couple during the ten months that she was involved in their lives. Samantha was just jailed for two years, and the couple were left to recover from the heartbreak and anguish caused by Samantha's cruelty. Today's case focuses on another con artist who preyed on people desperate to begin or add to their families. She scammed two families and potentially scammed a third who are internationally infamous. What can I say about Louise Pollard? There's not much about her life you can find online that isn't already related to her surrogacy journeys. She's been on This Morning a British morning TV show where she talked about being a very young surrogate. She was 23 when she uh, conceived her second surrogate baby and that she had a goal of being a surrogate mum to at least 12 children. Oh yeah, and she was also going to be the surrogate mum for Osama bin Laden's son and his wife. That's probably worth mentioning. In 2010, Louise conceived twins for Omar and Zainab bin Laden, but whilst she was visiting them in Syria, she was attacked by two nameless men and apparently miscarried. Knowing what we know now, police believe that Omar and Zainab could have also been victims of her scam. And, yeah, why not? Probably. But the bin Laden family weren't the only victims of her insatiable greed and insurmountable cruelty. Louise Pollard's dream of being a surrogate mum started when she had seen a programme with her mum about surrogacy. She had seen the couple's happiness and thought she wanted to do her bit too. As I said before, by the time she was 23, Louise had become a second-time surrogate mum and she had dreams of becoming Britain's most successful surrogate by bearing over 12 children. Louise met Josephine and Keith Barnett on Surrogate Finder, on the 5th of February 2012. Josephine and Keith were a middle-aged couple. They had been trying for a baby for 12 years and poured their life savings into IVF, which had unfortunately been unsuccessful. Desperate to complete their family, they turned to surrogacy. They were confident that they had vetted the agency they were using, they were savvy with the law surrounding surrogacy, And when they checked Louise's papers and Facebook page, she seemed to have a lot of positivity surrounding her and her surrogacy journeys. Louise and Josephine exchanged pleasantries and Josephine disclosed to Louise that they'd already spoken to two potential surrogates. One they had declined due to health reasons and the second who had pushed about the financial side which had left a bad taste in Josephine's mouth as she wanted a surrogate who was going to be as excited about the baby as her and Keith would be. Louise replied, reassuring Josephine by text, Hiya, it's Louise, potential surrogate mum. Thought it would be easier to text, sorry to hear about your current sorrow, sounds to me like she is putting you off. Well, I can reassure you by saying I am a proven surrogate, I already have gave birth to two healthy Surrey children and have one son of my own who is five years and can supply you with references. I must stress, never pay a Surrey mum anything till she at least has even done some home insems or more so pregnant, especially not a proven Surrey goat. Surrey mum. Louise, kiss kiss. 
They exchanged more text and Josephine informed Louise that she would prefer ICIS, which is intracytoplasmic sperm injection, and that she would prefer to have tests conducted that are normal in surrogacy clinics. So checking the surrogate's blood for diseases, any sign of alcohol, drug or nicotine use, and checking the surrogate's reproductive health. However, it seemed Louise felt a little bit differently to Josephine. She sent a text saying, why involve a clinic, a third party, if there is a less invasive option? I'm available as soon as my next period starts, and two weeks from then, brackets, ovulation. So if you would like to meet up and discuss things and see how you feel meeting me, then I'm happy to do that. It seemed like Louise was pushing for artificial insemination. She sent another text saying, Well, why don't I try home in SEMS for the first couple of times, as I am really fertile, haha, and if it doesn't work, then try ICSI. I have done that before. I think the clinic will say they need to get money. I personally would just try the home in SEMS first, as it would save you money, kiss. Josephine, Keith and Louise did meet, and Louise was suggestive, saying she was ovulating, and whilst they were doing paperwork, why don't they start the insemination now? She mentioned her success with other couples and that she had appeared on ITVs this morning talking about surrogacy and her successes. She made no mention of her relation with the Bin Ladens. Excited and eager to get started, the Barnetts agreed and Louise inseminated herself with the promise that if it doesn't work, she will go to the clinic for a second try. During this meeting, they discussed the financial arrangements. The Barnetts agreed to pay £1,000 per month and if the insemination was successful after three attempts, there would be other payments. This would push the total paid to Louise to twenty grand if there was a successful pregnancy and birth. On the 6th of March, when Louise told Josephine that her period was late, Louise raised the subject of finances again to Mummy Joe a nickname Louise had given Josephine during their numerous text conversations. Hi Mummy Jo, I worked out that £800 a month end of April till baby born equals £6,400, remainder equals £2,600 makes £10,000 and over £10,000 paid when you take home your baby so if all is agreed with you, I will receive the remainder now, confirmation of pregnancy, so I can pay this month's rent and my holiday. Yay! Ha ha. Buy a whole new food shopping as different healthy food to be eaten now. Ha ha. Then next payment due, £800, seven week-ish, end of April, monthly onwards, question mark? Uh, <sighs> I'm going to be a bit biased, but I just find it a bit rich pun half intended that Louise basically persuaded Josephine and Keith to move away from the previous surrogate who had apparently mentioned money a few too many times now she's bloody Einstein doing all these calculations to make sure she's getting the very last pound they agreed and where it's going to be paid Josephine and Keith agree and set up a bank transfer Josephine mentions that she is speaking to a solicitor about drawing up a formal agreement, which is quickly deflected by Louise. He tells Josephine it's a waste of money and that it's pointless because it wouldn't hold up in a court anyway, as Louise is the biological mother. 
Louise, despite her keenness to sort out finances and her reluctance to work with a solicitor to make things legit, continued to reassure Josephine that everything was okay and she believed she was pregnant due to her period being a no-show. However, two days later, Louise told Josephine she was bleeding and on the 31st of March, Louise called the Barnetts to break the news. She has had a miscarriage. Josephine and Keith were heartbroken, not just for their loss, but for Louise's loss too. And as a testament to their kindness, the couple invite Louise and her son down to their home in Penzance for a short weekend break. They spend their time eating out, going to the beach and getting to know each other. Josephine said she enjoyed her time with Louise and it appeared the weekend worked wonders on Louise because on the 27th of May, after her second insemination, she implied that she was pregnant again and on the 6th of June, Louise confirmed she was pregnant again. However, this time, she needed a favour. Louise's car had failed its MOT and she asked Josephine for an advance on the next payment of £150 to help her with the repairs. Like last time, the pair exchanged excited texts with Josephine telling Louise how excited she was to finally be a mum and Louise full of good news and pregnancy updates. Another request for cash came from Louise on the 20th of June, this time for £795 to cover her rent as she had to spend her housing benefit on other bills. Two days after sending this cash, the Barnetts had an exciting text from Louise who had told them her boobs were tingling and she believed that her milk was coming in. Four days after the good news text, another request for money, this time between £1,800 and £2,000 for removal costs and to find a new place to live as her landlord had defaulted on his mortgage and his house was getting repossessed, rendering Louise effectively homeless. And if she was homeless, so was their unborn child. So it was a no-brainer for the Barnets to pay the money, but agree it would be taken off the final surrogacy bill. Although the Barnets paid this money, this request began to sow the seeds of doubt. How could this woman fall into so much financial bad luck in such a short amount of time? And it didn't seem coincidental that every time they received some good news about the pregnancy, a request for money would soon follow. Although at this point they had no reason to doubt Louise, the uncertainty and lack of legal backup meant they became uneasy when the requests became more frequent. Two weeks later, on the 2nd of July, Josephine contacted Louise, asking whether she had gone for the 3D scans, and if so, please could she see the pictures. When two days passed, with no reply, Josephine contacted Louise again, only to find out that Louise had been involved in a car crash. She was okay, however she was now having stomach pains, which she shrugged off as being a side effect of the crash. When she started bleeding the next day, Louise allegedly went to her GP, who told her to take some painkillers and get some rest. However, it was the morning after that Louise texted Josephine and told her she had been bleeding heavily and believed she had miscarried. And I'm only saying this because I know the outcome of this story, but how convenient that suddenly she's not pregnant anymore after being asked for not only scans of the baby, 
but to also confirm her new address where she had apparently moved to after being given almost two grand by the couple she was apparently helping. This event triggered Josephine to finally Google Louise, and this is when she found the Bin Laden article. Incensed and terrified that they were being scammed, Josephine and Keith told Louise that they were coming to her old house in Bristol and they wanted her to take a pregnancy test. The Barnetts arrived at Louise's old address. Louise snatched the pregnancy test from them and went upstairs. When she came back down, she showed the Barnetts that it was positive, indicating that she had recently been pregnant. What Josephine and Keith hadn't realised was that their warning that they wanted her to take a test had given Louise enough time to get a urine sample from a pregnant friend, Allah. <laughs> Allah? Allah gone girl. Placated, Josephine and Keith apologised and the relationship between the couple and surrogate began to repair. That was until something changed. On the 19th of August, Louise very valiantly told the Barnets that she was ready for another insemination, but she couldn't travel to Cornwall because her car had to be scrapped. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. After a discussion, Josephine suggested buying Louise a car so she could easily visit when she needed to. A few days later, however, on the 8th of September, Josephine broke the news to Louise that actually... They won't buy her a car now, but they agreed that a new car would be a gift for her after the first scan. So not even when the baby was born, but after the first scan. So after everything that this woman had put the couple through and the money they'd already spent on her, they were still offering her an incredible, generous gift, purely through their desire to have a child. But Louise didn't care about that and she did something that's usually reserved for people who've just had a bad date. She ghosted Josephine and Keith. After multiple texts from Josephine went unanswered, Josephine sent a final text to Louise on the 20th of December saying that they were seeking legal advice and wanted to recoup the money they had lost, which at this point was just over 10 grand. Louise didn't respond to this because now she was involved with a new couple, Deborah and Tony Carber. The Carbers had declined Louise's original fee of 20 grand and a new car, and instead Louise had agreed on £1,000 for successful insemination, another £4,000 if she fell pregnant, and £10,000 after giving birth. Unsurprisingly, Louise fell pregnant pretty much immediately and demanded money quickly after that. The Carbers, similar to the Barnetts, were so overjoyed and desperate to add to their family, they sent her the money plus the four grand agreed, safe in the knowledge that they had a letter from the NHS confirming Louise's pregnancy. The Carbers, knowing that they were dealing with something not legally enforceable and they were dealing with quite a large amount of money, called the NHS to confirm the letter's authenticity. There was no record of Louise or her pregnancy and when confronted with this, Louise deflected and doubled down. She was pregnant but she had actually miscarried and now the Carbers were treating her poorly while she had sacrificed her body just for them. How selfish! But also, doesn't that sound familiar? The Carbers, not having any of it, 
contacted the police and Louise just moved on. Five months after originally ghosting Josephine, she sent her a text. Louise came at Josephine with a sob story, complete with abusive boyfriend who did not understand Louise's selfless desire to be a loving surrogate, saving couples from childlessness all over the UK. Josephine was tentative, hurt by Louise and the experience, but relieved to have some sort of explanation as to what happened. Louise then dropped a bombshell. She was pregnant with her boyfriend's baby and she was going to put it up for adoption. But did Josephine and Keith want it? Do you want a baby? This is obviously unethical in a number of ways, but most importantly, it is baby trafficking and is very, very illegal. The Barnets, at this point, had had enough, and they reported Louise to the National Fraud Authority and combined with the Carver's report regarding the false NHS letter, the police were able to track Louise Pollard down and arrest her. In May 2014, Louise appeared at Bristol Crown Court and pled guilty to three counts of fraud by false representation. Louise was sobbing when Judge Graham Cottle sentenced her to three years and four months in prison, but this sentence does not seem enough when Louise effectively robbed Josephine and Keith at their last chance of having a baby, of the Carbers of adding to their family, and of the Bin Ladens of their twins. It's easy for us, sat on the outside, to look in at people who fall victim to surrogate scams like the two stories mentioned today, and think, well, you should have seen that coming. The first time I heard about Louise Pollard's case... I could not believe how much money she was able to get out of Josephine and Keith before she was eventually stopped. But I've also not been in the position that Josephine and Keith have, as well as many other surrogate couples. When you're that desperate to either start your family or have another addition to your family, I'm sure it's extremely easy to look over the negatives, to not focus on any suspicion or gut feelings you might have and just jump straight in. So yeah, it is easy on the outside but I can't imagine how heartbreaking it is and to have such a huge betrayal of trust. So I kind of wish Louise got longer because this was back in 2012 so it means she's out now and she has been out for a long time. Maybe she's learned her lesson but I don't know. Probably not. So thank you for listening to this week's case. It is a bit different to the first two episodes we did, but I don't just want to focus on murder despite the podcast title. I also want to look at other crimes, not just crimes committed against women, but by women as well. Let me know what you think by contacting me. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at MurderBirdPod. I also set up a Facebook page today, um, which will just be Murder Bird Podcast. I don't think it's live yet, maybe by the time this comes out, but at the moment it's not. But yep, I'll also have a Facebook page. You can come and join in if Facebook is your thing. I've got an email address, murderbirdpod at gmail.com. So if you have any questions, queries, complaints, 
cases, constructive criticism, I want to hear it, please contact me. You can support us by subscribing and reviewing on Apple Podcasts um, or anywhere else. At the moment, I think it's just Apple Podcasts, probably is other places. Um, I know we're still really new, finding our feet, so anything you can contribute would be amazing. Otherwise, I will be back next week. I am going to be releasing episodes Thursdays, 11pm, every single week. So you've got a set schedule now. I have also got a set, as a little, a set schedule. So look out for that next week. And yeah, see you later.